Coming up on your favorite podcast, it has been a marathon week of podcasts for me. We have had all kinds of stuff. We've had the football pods with Ty, Zach, and Ryan. We had Allison join the pod for the first time. Uh, It's been a great week of podcasts, and we conclude tonight with Peak Cinema. Ryan, Lauren, in the house tonight. We're talking movies. Tonight, it's game night from 2018. This is one of Ryan's picks, so this is one that Ryan stands by, and he doesn't like anything, so it's nice when he picks movies. Got a lot to talk about with this one. This is one of the more recent ones we've done, so it certainly leaves us with, I'm assuming, some different opinions regarding the state of comedy. We'll certainly talk Jason Bateman, uh, talk about the film itself. I'm sure that there are wavering or or multiple opinions out there. I know I have mine. We'll get to those. Get to all the normal topics that we go with. It should be a fun podcast indeed. So, Peak Cinema, Game Night, starring Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. It's next on the pod. Winding down a long holiday week. It's what we do here at the podcast. How we doing, everybody? Tim Anderson Podcast here. And uh, every other Thursday, the Tim Anderson Podcast becomes peak cinema. When we are joined by the movie critic duo slash married couple uh, slash parents of a one-year-old slash ever I don't know what else we can slash we're gonna keep slashing until we figure it out uh Ryan Nelson Kane and lovely lovely Lauren Nelson Kane welcome to the pod everybody hi happy to be here always happy to be here Merry Christmas did you have a great uh did you have a great Christmas I know we were all concerned about it a few weeks ago Lauren uh, but did it go okay uh I think I was right to be concerned um, I mean, like, I'm not, uh, the Christmas spirit of this household at all. Nope. We're so, Marley um, and Marley. Should we start singing that together? That's you and me <laughs> right there. I, I, um, uh, I can't wait for my child to be old enough to understand the word. No. Ryan said that exact same thing the other day on the pod. Just can't just, you know what? <sighs> And it's no one else's fault. It's no one's fault. It's no one's fault that Christmas is the way that it is. And my well, it is, is Ryan's crap. fault because Ryan did impregnate you and you had a child. So it's Ryan's <laughs> fault. There was some. In, there was some in, in, in my defense, <laughs> she was, was the one who wanted the kid too. So some discussion about having the child. Yes. Beforehand. Yes. Yeah, there was some. It, it wasn't just a. All right, woman, lay down. We're going to get one of these done here in the next <laughs> half hour. None of that. Like there it. was none of that. And moving Absolutely on. Not. Absolutely <laughs> none of that. And you want to know why? Because my dad listens to this podcast, so I'm just going to... Oh, sorry. Roll right through that. Um, sorry, Tom Kane. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to take us down that road. I just wanted to blame Ryan. That was really just all it was. As, I just as, wanted as to blame as I, Ryan. As much as I would love to blame Ryan, it is my favorite pastime. It is just that my kid is one and we were at houses that were not his that had all new toys or no toys and uh i i am still i will be recovering from christmas for the next seven to eight business days days. (laughs) well you made it through though you don't look worse for wear you seem like you're happy and peppy and there's a little color in your face so that's a that's a good thing 
That's the caffeine. Thing. Now, oh, okay. I am I'm not caffeinated tonight, which is maybe going to be a problem later. We'll find out. Is you're yeah, you're working the Coca-Cola tonight. That's the uh, the regular. Uh Rhino uh joining the pod as well for the second time this week. It's been a marathon week of pods, Rhino, but it's been fantastic, but you came in feeling injured. Uh, the one-year-old is a, hitting you in the eye prior to the podcast. Are you going to be okay? You're playing hurt here tonight? Yeah, it's just a little sore. Uh, this is the second time he's gotten me in the eye and scratched my eyeball. Um, and like, <laughs> I've got I've got the, the horrible redness in my eye right there uh, from his grubby little fingernails, which were buried in mac and cheese not, you know, 30 minutes before. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, we're, we're, we're toughing it out tonight. Look, he's a he's a big, strong kid, and uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, you know these things are going to happen, and we just kind of got to move on. A lot of things that are easily correctable. Um, you know, a lot of mistakes. We're gonna have to go back on the film and and kind of review. Yeah. <laughs> got to look at the um, all twenty two. You know, and just yeah, uh... we're, we're gonna we're gonna find where the problems were tonight, and uh, and come back tomorrow a little stronger. Um, you know. There's there's a whole lot of things that we could that we could have done tonight that I think we you know just you know kind of failed on you know had a lot of screen time tonight he was a little bored he just got a little handsy I cannot it, you have just created a new bit here on the podcast we're gonna call it parent <laughs> press conference right before peak cinema starts you two are gonna sit down and be like all right you want to tell us what happened today uh, thanks you know it was a it was a good day for us uh, I was really proud of the way we we battled I thought Lauren that's, had a good game plan <laughs> that's <laughs> we really dangerous sometimes it just, you know sometimes it just doesn't go the way that you think yeah. Um, <laughs> It's dangerous because you're going to get you're eventually you're going to get my Jim Mora moment uh, <laughs> where, where I'm sitting here and, and you'll ask me, oh, you want to talk about what happened today? And I'll tell you, man, uh, you saw the t- you saw what was out there. I mean, it, 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 you, you see what I'm working with out there. I mean, he, we put him down for a nap at noon because he was tired because he woke up at five and then he woke up at one thirty, got an hour and a half nap. That was the same. The same thing happened on Christmas. He woke up at, at one thirty and we had a hell night. Uh, just, you know, not, not able to get through the night with him, had to go home at six. You know, these are the things that happen when you're out on the field. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, Tim, Tim, you're not a parent. You, 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 you don't think know. You, know, you think you don't know. You, <laughs> you don't. think, you know, you think, you know, but you don't know. And you never will. That's I'm waiting for that. I was just trying to figure out how you were going to work that in right there. It's like, you don't know what me and Lauren are trying to do. You're not looking at the film. You're not in the, you're, you're not here at the kitchen table with us. You don't know. You, you haven't, you don't know what we're trying to do to get him to eat his vegetables. You, you don't, you, you don't know how we're fighting the French fry monster. Whenever mom has a meal, you have no idea what we're, what we're dealing with at bedtime and the dog running him over in the hall. You don't have any idea that no, it's like to have a high anxiety dog in the house at the same time. Add that variable we, into it. We had the grandparents over tonight for gifts and it was way overstimulating and he was super tired by the time they left. It led to an early bedtime. I don't know what else you want me to say here. We, you know, we're, we're just trying to put together a good game plan and it's falling all apart. We're doing the best we can here. You know, we're trying to make some chicken salad out of this chicken shit. It's really difficult to do. You understand? I got an 18 year contract. We got a lot of time to get this rebuild set, but right now we're just trying to muddle through and deal with what we got. The kid can't say yes or no right now. He says, hi, that's all I got out of him. He's sounding out the word light. Do you know how hard that kid could squeeze a pair of balls right now? Do you understand how difficult this is Uh, to to him right now? My scrotum is a brass ring that he uses to get up onto the couch every day. All right. He is, he is grabbing and pulling on that every single time, every, every chance he gets. All right. He's swinging the toy and he's nailing both balls. I'm going to get him a baseball bat because he's, he is, he's, he is batting. He is batting 2000 right now because he's not missing. 
All right. This kid is Mr. 3000 with my testicles. All right. Let's, let's, let's relax a little bit on, on, on the how to go tonight, because that's how it goes. I'm waddling from room to room just to deal with the pain. I got an ice pack on right now. All right. You make fun of me for the edibles, but it's the only way I can get through the damn night. Let's go back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, oh, man. Podcast is just the two of us bitching about having a toddler. Well, that's, that's what I, I I never book anything for the opening five to seven minutes because I know that all I got to do is say, <laughs> how you guys doing? And I get it all. I get all the opening content that I need. I don't need anything more. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, we do have a podcast to do tonight. As you know, uh, we started doing our Peak Cinema. We just finished our first round where all three of us got our pick in. So we're starting our second round of picks. And Ryan picked Airplane first time out. I did make an amendment to mine for May, by the way. You can go look at that later. I removed uh, one of my films and added a film in, I think, my last one in May. So... I felt like we needed another comedy, so I went to a comedy. So I'm very excited about that. But this time around, uh, we are going to go to the realm of comedy, and I will argue this is one of the newer films that we've done. Oh, Midsummer is newer than this one, right? But I think this is right up there with new one of the newer films we've actually reviewed here on the I podcast. I actually think Little right? Women might be the newest one. A Little Women might be too, yeah. Oh. 2019, yeah, technically, yes. So we are going to go to 2018 tonight. 2018. Um, I like to call that the salad days. You know, anything right now pre 2001 were salad days, and then everything from like before 2020, salad days. You know, another like 04, like I think we started to find our sea legs again around 08, 08 to 08 to 2019, a new salad days, and now we're, we're back in the shit again. So maybe back at maybe 2030, we can kind of restart the salad days, but this is 2018. Uh, we're doing the 19 or the 2018, uh, hit comedy game night starring Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams along with others. Rhino, this was your pick. So why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Uh, this is, I love this movie. It's, uh, it's one that I wanted to get your take on because I thought you would enjoy it. Uh, I, it, I'm not, uh, you know, rewatching it. I'm, I'm not quite as in love with it as I was when I first saw it, but I still enjoy it. Right. It's, it's not, um, you know, I, I don't think it, it's quite as good as I thought it was when I first saw it on rewatching, but it is still really funny. There's a lot of really good moments in this. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that I think we can talk about tonight that are going to, you know, we can talk about how comedy has evolved between something like airplane, which feels like kind of a, uh, you know, in uh, one of the, the predecessors to this kind of comedy uh, as, as we move on, you know, the, the very dry humor, I think kind of comes from that vein. And, and this clearly takes some cultural inspiration from stuff like that. So it's interesting to kind of parallel that with a movie that we watched a few weeks ago in, in airplane. Yeah, I agree. And Lauren, I'm going to get your thoughts on this one too. I, um, yes, first time watching it for me. Um, I'll get to my, you know, kind of my deeper thoughts as we go forward here. Um, but yeah, it was a first time watch for me. Uh, there were some, some, certainly some very interesting things, uh, some, some stuff that's worth talking about for sure. And you're right. I think it does speak to maybe the direction comedies are going or the directions comedies need to go for them to be palatable in today's environment. Again, not a lot of comedies are getting made right now. So, uh, 
this is really one of the last like comedy hits we've heard it have been a while, I would think. Right, Lauren? I mean, your thoughts as well. I think I just kept thinking this the entire time, like mid tier comedy is something that I think is um, really important to like have out there as an option. And you're right. We're we just don't get it a lot. Um, We I know we kind of talked about this with Airplane. We got like um, the uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie this year that no hard feelings. Yep. No hard feelings. Thank you. we just got anyone but you that kind of corny looking rom-com there's just not a lot out there and i think that's the nature of like the post 2020 landscape you know we're only making movies that we can guarantee is going to make buckets and buckets of money but or it's got to say something we can't we can't mess around there's nothing funny about our society right now so nothing no there's nothing to <laughs> laugh about so unless our movie's going to make serious points we're not going to do it but I think it's I think it's less about that. Uh, if you talk to Bob Iger, it's very much less about that because he's a fucking moron. But um, I, Boy, I wait think a minute, that, you guys all cheered Bob Iger when he got back in this chair like a year ago. That was that that's was because then. of how bad his predecessor was. Yeah, that was then. This is now. Oh, um, <laughs> a heel is, turn by Bob <laughs> Iger. <laughs> this is this is a post writers actors dual strike world. He handled that horrendously horrendously and he has since come out and said a bunch of very very stupid shit that i think is uh, bad for the disney company but i digress um i i don't think it's about it's about that i don't think it's about like you know this the sensitivity that people have now or whatever I, i genuinely think it's that like movies like game night they'll totally make their money back they'll totally make a return on on your investment but they're not going to make hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. That's true. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it, it, it's never going to do that. But middle tier comedies are like so enjoyable. And it's something that I think that all like wider audiences can uh, sit down and enjoy together. It's like a great movie to get, I think, people like back in movie theaters to just be like, oh, it's it's a Saturday. Do you want to go see a movie? What's out? Oh, game night's out. Let's go yeah, watch that. It's an hour game. 40. It's a little breezy. Yeah. You know, yeah I think yeah. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody wants to sit in the movie and watch, uh, you know, like killers of the flower moon for three and a half hours. You know, if we want people to get their butts in seats, I, I'm not even entirely sure that blockbusters are the solution there. It's stuff like game night. Um, You know, I remember years ago when like, uh, that movie uh, Blockers came out. Mm. I'd seen like a trailer for it. I wasn't like stoked for it or anything, but Ryan and I were bored and we went to go see it and it was a great movie. Yeah, we we Blockers needs to be on this list. It's it's an amazing movie. It's, it's so great <laughs> Hang on now with the amazing. Before we start throwing around those kinds of superlatives, so listen, remember listen, John Cena's in me. it. Listen to me. John Cena's John C- great. Don't, John don't Cena even might talk be the best me. part of that movie. He's so funny. John Cena is fantastic. That man's got him. some ac- that man's got some actual acting chops. He is so. I know. I saw the Marine. Funny. Like I, I saw the Marine. No, no, don't, don't, don't. I don't, don't think you don't talk to me about John Cena. I know what's going on with John Cena. No, I can see him. He's anyway. pretty good. I, I like him. And then, anyways, I just think that you know, uh, mid-budget, mid-tier movies are like really important for the cultural consciousness and for us to get back into movie theaters and uh, movies like Game Night do that. 
Lauren, to your point, can I run through? I think 2018 really truly is like a, a watershed. Like, hey, this is, you know, hey, we didn't know this at the time, but I wish somebody would have came out and said, hey, enjoy this year while you have it because it's going to suck ass for like six years. So <laughs> hang with us. You want to run through the domestic box office for 2018? Yes. What do you think's number one? Oh, I I don't remember the year twenty eighteen. Uh, is that going to be uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, The nope. Last Jedi? Nope, nope, nope. No, because the Black Star Wars it's, came out. It's Infinity War, isn't it? No, Black Panther is number one, oh. followed oh, by God. Avengers: Infinity War. So it's Black Panther, Infinity War, Incredibles two, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, Deadpool two, The Grinch, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Mission Impossible Fallout, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and then your back 10 I actually think are decent. Venom, A Star is Born, Aquaman, Bohemian Rhapsody, A Quiet Place, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Crazy Rich Asians, Hotel Transylvania 3, Halloween, and Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Can I can I just say that the four of the top 5 are Superhero movies? Yes. Yeah. Is this peak of the su- peak of the superhero movie? I think this, this is it? it. Yeah, this was jump the shark moment almost. Like this was like, well, it can't get any better than this. Well, this is Infinity War year, so kind of, yeah. Oh my god. 2018 is really coming back to me and like the 20 the the Oscar uh winners that year are so not good. Um. <laughs> By the way, Blockers also a 2018 movie that finished at 50. Game Night finished at 43 that year. Both both solid movies. Very yeah, both solid. Both made 60 million plus. Both made 60 million plus at the box office. I would call it that used to be a really successful run for a movie. Yeah. It used to be. You made it for eight or nine and you made 60, 70. Good, good on you. But you're right. Like Black Panther and Ant-Man and the Wasp and Infinity War all come out in that year. They are just taking... All the all, seats and all the money. All the oxygen out of the room. Black Panther grosses seven hundred million. Event Infinity War six hundred seventy-eight a billion. I'm talking. Yeah, six hundred seventy-eight. Yeah, se- yeah, six hundred seventy-eight million. Incredibles two six hundred eight million. You know, even the ten. You know, Ant Man and the Wasp two hundred sixteen million dollars. I mean, it's that's insane. Which and is why you tip your cap it. to you tip your cap to a Star Is Born for making two hundred million dollars on a music movie with Lady I mean, Gaga is- and Bradley Cooper. That is very much the star power of Lady Gaga. And and that movie is is fantastic. It's it's absolutely wonderful. I am remembering all the movies that got nominated for nominated slash one in that year for uh various award ceremonies. And that was the year of Bohemian Rhapsody. And I yep. think the Rami Malik. Yep. I think Green Book was that year. I think that was the Green Book year. Might be right. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> terrible terrible you know what came out in that year okay so star is born amazing black klansman that should have won best picture i don't i don't know what the fuck we were doing um uh the favorite i love it's a good one olivia coleman one for that those there were good movies that year but it, it kind of felt like those are not the movies we're recognizing granted yeah. black, black panther and infinity war are great great blockbusters they are but i don't know you're running through that list and i'm like i mean they made a lot of money and they were very popular but were they good do i watch them 
Yeah, see, it's like I've always said about the, you know, people always ask me about my thoughts on superhero movies and all the Marvel movies and stuff. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with them. But my analogy that I always use is that it's like Cheez-Its, right? It's, I've eaten a box of Cheez-Its in a half hour. I really enjoyed those Cheez-Its while I ate them, but I ate them. They're gone. I'm hungry again. And I've quickly forgotten that I've eaten this box of Cheez-Its. So like in the moment, they're very nice. Like in the moment, it's great. Totally forgettable. And if you've had one box of Cheez-Its, you've had a hundred boxes of Cheez-Its. They don't change. They're the same. And they get you by, but they don't make you they're not they're they're not satisfying. They're not fulfilling. Uh, and it leaves you wanting a lot, lot more. That's always well, been my thought. Well, and there are plenty that I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Marvel person. I am waning on it right now. Uh, because I'm I'm sick of it. But I'm I'm a big Marvel person, and there are ones that really endure, and those are the ones to me that like are different. Um, I am a big Eternals truther. I I love that movie um, because it's really really different, and uh, th- like those are the ones that that stick in my brain. I like uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier because it felt like I I remember that coming out, and I remember that being like a watershed moment for the franchise. And I also think it's, it says and does something really interesting, but the rest of them, but the rest of them, you're quite frankly, right. It's just, you're just eating potato chips and I'm getting tired of potato chips. Yeah. Eventually you want something that you can kind of hang on to. Um, Here's so let's run through the plot of the movie. Let's see if this uh, helps everybody out. So game night, 2018, actually, like I said, I'd never seen it before. Uh, so here's the plot. It's 2018. Uh, it is a, they considered an action comedy, even to a dark comedy thriller type thing. I didn't quite go that far with it, but uh, it's written by Mark Perez. It stars Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, follows a group of friends whose game night turns into a real life mystery after one of them is kidnapped. The film's supporting cast includes Billy Magnuson, Sharon Horgan, Lamorne Morris, Kylie Bunbury, Jesse Plemons, who I actually really enjoyed in this movie. A little cameo as well from Michael C. Hall and also Kyle Chandler in this movie as well. So that's kind of the plot. Married couple Max and Annie, they meet at Bar Trivia. And uh, their their love for competition and games continues. Now, I will say, uh, they did a nice job in the beginning of this movie just establishing the exposition very quickly. Like they're doing Dance Dance Revolution at the wedding they're constantly playing games where they're on the same team. They have this great chemistry together that is instantaneous. Um, people are like this at bar trivia, by the way. They're they're insane about their bar trivia. Um, and I do think we'd be a killer bar trivia team. I don't know. You're <laughs> like, why aren't we a bar trivia throw, team? Throw Allison and Zach in there and we could kill. We'd crush. If we could have a five-person team, we're like, okay, we've got Allison's film knowledge. Uh, we've got Ryan's uh, sports and politics knowledge. We got Zach's sports and uh, I'm sure beer and alcohol uh, look, knowledge. Zach is very plugged. He's very good. Zach's sports knowledge might rival, you know, might might eclipse my own. I, I will say that. Zach is a wizard in YA fiction because of all the sixth grade books he's had to read over the last <laughs> handful of years. Like nobody knows YA fiction like he does at this point. Um, and, and, and I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I I feel like I can blend in, I can do stuff, but bar trivia, they meet, they, they forge this relationship. I do think all of us know a couple 
like Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams that are like, just want to turn everything into a competition, turn everything into some sort of game. I feel like I've met a handful of these folks over my wife. My wife loves a good game night. Jesus H. If she could do a game night three nights a week, she'd do it. She loves games, man. I wish I loved it as much as she does, but she constantly is always trying to get me. Hey, let's go do this. Let's have, let's bring the, let's do this. Let's go to somebody's house and have some game night. Let's play some. I songs. would, <laughs> I would kill for a game night. I, you, we have all of these games that no one will play with. <laughs> what do you have? Okay, what games is that? I promise well, you, if you have a game. Carrie will play it. We we've got a number of them. Uh, yeah. Nobody no, will play. niche games. Some of them, right? Like some of them are pretty niche. Like Secret Hitler is a pretty niche game. Secret. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so fun, but we've only played it one time. Secret <laughs> Hitler is the name of the game. Yeah. So the idea of the game, and, and this is way in the weeds, and we'll I'll get off this quickly. But the 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 name of the way the, the game is played is that you have everybody who's pretending to be a liberal, except for the three fascists who are in the in the game. <laughs> <laughs> who have to get a, who have to get elected and pass fascist policies? What kind of a game is this? And among them, even they don't even know who it is, right? The, but among them is one person who has the Hitler card, and your job as the liberal faction is to identify and prevent Hitler from being chancellor, and the job of Hitler is to get an elected chancellor, and the fascists win the game. Uh, it's, yeah. You know, I'm going to amend what I said about my wife's willingness to play any game. I don't believe she will play that. It is a super fun game to play. We played it once. And the only reason it wasn't more fun is because my brother had no idea how to act like a liberal. You could, you Uh, could invite, uh, you could invite Bernie Sanders, Cenk Uger and and all those other folks over. And I'm sure you could do a great time with it. It'd be great. It it legitimately is a fun game. If you have people who are politically, politically minded. Yeah. You have to you have to like give speeches and and like <laughs> like of your own volition you have to like make speeches. So you have to like take what might be a fascist policy and try to put a liberal okay. spin on it. Speech coaches so and cool. judges uh game night. Speech coaches I, and judges. I got I got to tell you Tim, this would be a great game for the team to play. I can't. I don't think the school would ever let me play a game called Secret. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. I'm saying the concept. The concept of the game. Name aside. Yeah. The concept of the game. This is oh, a speech. secret Mussolini this, instead. Yeah, that'll be this better. Is a, this is a speech game. Yeah, speech right? game. This is a, that's exactly what this is. I think my wife would just be like, "Why can't we just play some taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza, and just call it a day?" That's a <laughs> I have no you know, idea what the hell that is, but I'm in. That's a card yeah. game that is super fun. Well, we have so we have Secret Hitler, which no one will play with us. That's right. Um, I got to tell you, the game, the name's going to hurt it. I it it does a little bit, um, but also nobody wants to think that hard <laughs> when no. they're playing board games. Yeah, they don't. Well, that's why Risk has gone away. Like nobody plays Risk anymore. I love I Risk. I know, but nobody plays Risk. You know what else nobody risk. plays anymore? And I, I wish I need I had people who could play this with me. Is Monopoly? I, I want to play more Monopoly. I you should play the PlayStation Monopoly because we can play the game way faster and it's fun. Do you have? Yes, Monopoly on my PlayStation. Yes. Well, we just awesome. got a PlayStation, Tim. A, then oh, well, it's Kismet. It is. It's well. First of all, you should just go on the store, <laughs> buy the game for nothing. It's like five bucks. It's cheap on the PlayStation store. It's very cheap. Just go download the damn thing. Have it put on your drive. It's nothing. It takes up no space, and you can just sit there with the controller, and it's fun. My wife and I play it on down here all the time. Because we can play a full Monopoly game in like a half hour. 
That's the hard part about monopolies that it takes. It takes forever. forever. That's why you play the video game one because it goes way faster. We're not screwing around. I'm a, they count I'm a big, all the money for you. I'm a big proponent of Uno. Uno, uh, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, I, I, I will, uh, I will always play a uh, a good game of life. Uh, they they played life in this game, but they also played a lot of Pictionary in charades. But I don't feel like anybody plays those games anymore. Do you feel that I, way? I haven't played Pictionary since I was a kid, but you know they like have Pictionary games. Like Pictionary is basically a part of like other games. Like what's that? What's that? Cr- cranium. Yeah. I so okay. So I've done it on like Cranium before. I feel like that's pretty common. But I yeah, I haven't played Pictionary since I was a kid. We had like a super old uh, Pictionary box that I is predates me. I'm confident. <laughs> I, I truly don't know this is just like the language of film i feel like anytime anyone's having a game night in a movie or a tv show they're playing pictionary i don't know playing charades and pictionary it's like nobody plays yeah. charades like nobody does nobody plays charades sure sure as hell not enough to know all the little symbols yeah i mean everybody can kind of get the nose thing for yes and first word and blah 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 they get that but short of that i don't think a lot of people play charades no, absolutely not. And certainly not. My wife like loves spoons and card games and you know, she's she's <clears throat> she buys games everything for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. She's like they're going to they're we're going to love these as fam. We're going to play these. We're going to play <laughs> these games right here. It's going to be fun. My parents keep buying like icebreaker card games where like we have to a- ask difficult questions of each other <laughs> and like have conversations and stuff. And I'm like, guys, they just want to talk. That's have all you ever had the do. hots for somebody in your high school? Um, well, yeah, <laughs> I married one. Uh, uh, no. no. Next question. Next question. Nope. <laughs> Hate everybody. No. Is what there anybody you, in this? Is like Festivus, is, like an airing of grievances? Like, is that my, where my you brother? My brother picks up a card and it says something along the lines of, "Wow, guys, what do you what do you think about the flat Earth theory?" Uh, <laughs> and then I get up and I go home. I say, "Hey, you ever just want to get the hell out of here?" That's what I want to do right now. <laughs> is, <laughs> is Pfizer putting chips in our blood? Like that? Those are the those are the conversations that he wants to have. But the uh, you just tell him, "Yeah, the Earth uh, is flat. It drops off sharp at the end of town. So why don't you just go ahead and drive on over there, and you'll fall <laughs> right off. It's totally well, flat." That theory. The Canadian border, Canadian Canada's a lie. Doesn't even exist. You hit that, shoom, all the way to the bottom. You're out. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so they play these games, super competitive. I knew couples like this that would just play these games. They're always like, hey, why don't we, let's do this game tonight. Let's do this. Or it would always be like, hey, we're going to go to karaoke tonight. And then it was like, a. it felt, even when it wasn't a competition, it felt like a competition. Where like, okay, I went up and sang my song. Well, now I got to go up and sing a song like that. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, if you're going to sing a song like that, I'm going to sing a song like that. And it's like, well, I'm going to do one that I can belt, too. And then it becomes this this big, like, before you know it, everybody said they were going to sing one song, and we're eight songs deep into the set before before all hell breaks loose. Tim, you're just talking about us at this point. Is, is we, are we the couple you're talking about? <laughs> we don't hang out enough in these. I would love to do this. If I could see Lauren in an uber competitive well, state, I would love this. This would be great. This is, yeah, now you're just talking about us. This is just yeah, us. That's what we it is. We just don't leave the house that often. So there's some other under, underlying storylines in here. So that's kind of the A piece of the plot. There's other things going on here uh, in this story. We have multiple stories going on. So obviously we have this game night. We've got Jason Bateman has a brother who's very successful. 
that he's kind of jealous of and he's coming to the game. Uh, there's some heat there between those two. You have uh, this couple uh, who apparently when they were on a break, she said she had an affair with a celebrity, which is an interesting storyline for most of it. Um, you have the idiot blonde guy who always plays this role, I guess, and keeps bringing even dumber dates to game night until he doesn't, brings a smart girl. Um, very interesting, lots of different stuff going on, and you can't leave out Gary. Gary, the neighbor police officer who was married to somebody, apparently. They used to be in the game night. Now they're divorced, so he's out of the game night, but it's very awkward, and it leads to some very funny exchanges early on in the movie. I Jesse Plemons as, as Gary is... Um, uh, this, this First of all, let me just say... Most enjoyable this, part of the film is Gary. Yes. Kill, it kills I, me. Kills it's, me. It's, yeah. It, and it's not even close. Like, this movie is so well cast. I think everyone in it is, like, really, really pulling their weight. Three I was bags of Tostitos scoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's three for one. Oh. How is that How profitable, that profitable for Frito Lay? <laughs> That was a pretty good exchange early on. This this is what I'm talking about. I, I think the script is fine. It's perfectly funny. It's perfectly serviceable. I think the movie is held together by the performances. I think everyone is really doing what they can to like rip the the words off the page. The line readings in this movie are fucking hilarious. How can that be profitable for Frito-Lay is a top 10 line reading in the last decade. I don't. I don't care. Completely deadpan, holding his white dog. He's always holding his white dog. Yeah. Like, like, fifteen yards away from them. Just how can that be profitable for Frito? So you got Tostito scoops. (laughs) A lot of scoops for just to stay at home. (laughs) God, everything he says. That that scene was very fun. See, the first like 10, 15 minutes. I was in this vibe that we were going to have this really funny movie. Cause I do think when J I think Jason Bateman does good drama, but he's at his best. Mm-hmm. I think when he can just, you know, go for these kind of sarcastic sort of dead face, like face never changes, you know, sarcastic stuff. And he's great early when they're talking about his semen count. And he's like, oh, we, we, and the doctor now all of a sudden is trying to get the number for his brother. And he's like, oh, so we're, we're done talking about me now. That's okay. Yeah. We're talking about my semen, but we're not anymore. So, I okay, feel like great. Nobody plays a straight man like Jason Bateman. And I think uh, Rachel McAdams, phenomenal in playing the crazy person around She's him. terrific in this movie. I would have loved a lot more from her, to be honest. I, I could have used... A ton more. Where I give this movie credit, and Ryan, you can jump in and agree or disagree. Here's where I I kind of agree and disagree with you on what holds the movie together. I think what holds the movie together beyond just some really good individual moments is I think it's shot very well. Um, For a movie that's a comedy, there are some scenes that really grab your attention, very action thrill ride type scenes, like the scene with the egg in the mansion where they're running and, and lateraling it back and throwing it to the other person. And they're using this, this space beautifully and shooting it as this sort of one shot thing. I thought that was cool. Like I'm like, man, that's like mission impossible type shooting of a film scene. And it was really cool to watch. Like I was totally in on that scene. I thought it was terrific. I loved 
just for the sight gag purposes, the blood spatter in the with the dog and the carpet, and it's getting <laughs> everywhere. It's on the shrine to his wife at Gary's house, and it looks like a just a murder's been committed in there, and it's just it's really really good. Um, I think uh, you know Rachel McAdams is great with the Reservoir Dogs, or no, the Pulp Fiction type moment there where she has this gun of of uh, the brother and he doesn't think it's, ah, it's a fake gun. And then she's like, ah, you know, does all the lines. She's totally playing with it. And she's terrific in that moment. Like she's super good. Um, yeah. I mean, there's lots of like great visual things, the chase scenes, the stuff with the plane at the end. I'm like, man, they really pulled off some really good action scenes for a, for a kind of a, a comedy movie. And I think that's what holds the movie together. I don't think it's the comedy as much because I thought a lot of the jokes, you know, I, I just thought it was okay. I didn't think it was a, like, a, like, I didn't piss my pants in anything. I just thought it was a, you know, fine movie. It's a fine movie. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not, when you compare, as I said to Ryan, I think the other day, if this movie would have been made in 1997, they would have said, it's kind of a throwaway comedy. You know, it's just, you know. You know, because there's a million funnier movies. There's just funnier movies than this one. But when I, you're comparing it to 2018 and nothing's funny out there, I mean, it's it's probably the funniest movie of the year. I think this would be a mid-tier comedy in any year. I mean, it was a mid-tier comedy in 2018. It's It would be a mid-tier comedy in, in 1997. I don't think it's trying to be anything that it's not. And I think it's, it's um, shot in a way that... Um, it's more it's shot in a way that's more serious than what the material actually is and that's i think very much on purpose they want to shoot it like it's an action movie and they very much succeed at that i mean like the transitions from scene to scene uh where they shoot in a way where it looks like the neighborhood is a miniature yeah and they do that like several times throughout the movie so that it looks like you know, they're in the game of life or something like that. Yeah, it's really cool. I, that, I mean, I agree. The way they shot it was really impressive. I was impressed with the sh- with the cinematography of it. If I, if I, I were to give you a 1990s comparison to the tier this movie is on, this to me is and 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 just to be clear, before I say this, this movie is more refined than the example I'm going to give you, and I, I think that it is more developed as a movie rather than just a comedy. But this is on the same tier as like a liar, liar for me mm. right where it's yeah it's got good parts it's it you know there are parts that i think are laugh out loud funny right like the 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 tostitos line for me is laugh out loud funny i agree with you right? it was laugh that, out loud funny there, there there are parts of this movie that do that liar liar is the same way it's a mid-tier comedy it's a funny movie but it's not and no one's gonna put it on their mount rushmore you know what i mean it's 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 not it's not a a top comedy for anybody. And it shouldn't be. It's that's not what it's designed to be. It's a fun concept, but it's okay to have fun concepts in cinema every once in a while. We need more of that. It doesn't have to be a, a big serious project or a blockbuster superhero movie to be a good movie. See, I agree with you on this. Cause I think the concept I like a lot. I mean, I really do like this concept. I just thought we tried to do too much here. Like, here's the thing. Like, I think it's comp is actually like clue. You know, I or something like that. I think that's the comp because, you know, except Clue's in one house. But, you know, Clue's kind of got that same sort of idea to it. Like this murder mystery, it's in the house. We got these couples. We got these quirky characters. You know, I think it plays on those lines. But I think 
it could have, I just think it could have done more with the concept or it could have played it bigger. We could have had more, more opportunities for comedy and even more opportunities for good thrill moments. Like it could have been there. And I just thought they, they, they tried to do, it almost felt like they were trying to tell, they were trying to do too much in a short amount of time. And so I wonder if because of that, they weren't able to like really hit a home run comedy wise or really pay off anything. This is a solid like double, uh, but they missed their chances at a home run. I think because I, I think they were trying to do a little too much. That's just sort of my observation as I see it. I think, uh, I, I think I agree with you, but I think my problem with that isn't the, the lack of comedy or the lack of action. I think my issue is that <clears throat> there are too many stories happening at once. Yeah. So like what my issue is with the first like 20 minutes of the movie is like, it is exposition heavy. And like, I, I don't mind a little bit of exposition, right? I need it. I understand that. But what I don't like is when it feels like totally inorganic and we're getting it in like every single line reading. And that's what like the first 20 minutes is. Okay, so we have to explain how uh, Jason Bateman and um, Rachel McAdams come together. Okay, fine, whatever. Now we have to explain that they want a baby. Okay, so now that's a story. Now we have to explain how they are friends with uh, Billy Magnuson and Lamorne Morris and... Uh, what's the actress's name i can't remember lamorne morris's wife yeah. in the movie yep um now we have to explain how they're friends with those people and how billy magnuson always brings a stupid girl over and how lamorne morris and and his wife have been together since middle school like and and how gary is divorced like all of this exposition has to happen so quickly in the first 20 minutes and i'm like stop telling me what what is happening just stop i it's it's i feel like if we didn't have all these little like b c d stories i wouldn't have to know all that shit and it just feels really inorganic and i think it kind of muddles up what could just be just like joke 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 and granted i say this and the storyline of um the woman who who thinks that she slept with denzel washington but it's actually yep. Some dude who just looks like Denzel Washington. <laughs> Which I is think a that's great super band. funny. It's a I great funny. Great it's band. very funny. I think it that's took us forever to get there. It took we us did. 40 minutes to get there. Uh, but it, the it, payoff is worth it, I think. But as, aside from that, it's like, I, I guess I don't care about all these little stories that even, even like the pregnancy thing, I, do we need it? I just... It feels like it takes away from, you know, just the the already overarching plot of Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams of, like, the two of them against his brother. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. I, it just felt like maybe like, – I talk about this with my students a lot about when they write creatively to try not to write a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm -hmm. You know, to try to keep it, I would rather we go the other way. I'd rather go an inch wide, mile deep. Like, let's figure out how to keep the story between the mayo and the mustard here a little bit and try to tell that story instead of trying to to surface tell, you know, 25 stories. Uh, that to me, it, it's it's adding layers for the sake of adding layers and it doesn't necessarily do anything to move the story forward. And I tell it to my kids all the time, like, hey, does this detail add? 
you know, what is the end game of our story? What's the through line here? And if it's not adding to that, let's move on and find something else. Like, let's try to get there another way. And I just thought that this movie had a lot of that stuff. Like, even like as much as I love the Denzel piece and Ryan, I agree with you. The payoff is nice on that. It really is. It takes us so long to get there that there's no way the payoff will ever equal what the anticipation was of it. And at the end of the day, I'm still asking, what does this have to do with the end game of the story? And I, the answer is, I don't think it does. I, th- I think that the, the the reason you have to have them is because you've introduced these people and you don't have enough to just make this a Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams movie. Mm. You have to figure out what to talk about when these when these groups split up. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's all this the the purpose the only purpose that these serve is to is to be the story for these these subgroups after the large group splits up. Because once they come back together, I all of that stuff kind of falls away and it becomes really, really good. And you know, it's funny again and the whole group works together and I think it, it's really awesome. It's a great movie. And then you add Gary back into it and it becomes even better at the end of the movie. Yep. You know, and, and, and the Jenga scene. I think it all works really well. They're all playing off of each other. But when they're separate, they're, it, the movie feels a little broken and it feels a little hollow. Um, I, I think that if they would have fleshed out some better ideas or some ways that they could have had more groups stick together so you have fewer storylines like that. I think that this would have worked a little bit better in that regard, but it's still good. It's still funny. I yeah. just think that that's a that's a little a writing misstep that you know you get into a uh, you get into something when you're writing and and you just kind of have to figure it out. This feels like they just figured it out, and that was the answer they came up with. I feel like I also kind of needed a Kyle Chandler, Jason Bateman, like moment. Like I need something that resolves this sort of sibling rivalry. Like it, what. I'm finding myself throughout the entire movie going, well, Kyle Chandler's not likable. Like, he sucks. So what? Leave him. Screw him. Like, he's ruining your life at every moment anyway. And, like, when did you become, you become, like, suburban man superhero here? How did this happen? Like, at no point does he even resist the hero's journey. Like, he just jumps in it, like, full blast. And part of that's because Rachel McAdams kind of forces that. But it's like, where's the, we get the call to action, uh, We but we don't get this sort of, like accepting of the journey. Like it's so weird how he doesn't like resist it. Cause normally that's the first piece of the hero. The hero has got to resist it and say like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And then feels, Hey, has to go back, you know, or he has to help or he has to contribute. And I just felt like that came very easy, almost too easy to Jason Bateman's character in this movie. I don't disagree with that. I think, I think the scene that, that is supposed to resolve it is when they're, um outside like outside on the ground being held up by the bulgarian um and he looks uh, kyle chandler looks over to jason bateman and says like you know i'm a total fraud i'm a loser i don't know why you want to be like me yada 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 um i guess that's the moment we're supposed to have and i'm like i'm fine with that moment yeah um but you're right i mean like no part of kyle chandler is like likable as a brother you know there's like a a sibling thing that's missing there and i think anybody who has a sibling knows what that is which is like you know there's there's obviously like a real connection between the two of you and you do like each other but like 
God, you just kind of annoy the shit out of me sometimes. And I just feel like that piece is missing, which is so weird because I feel like Jason Bateman is like the king of that, having been on Arrested Development. Yeah. Has that relationship with all the actors in that in that uh, show. So, and it's, yeah, I, there's something missing between that relationship, I think, for it to be really satisfying but again this also comes back to we don't have time for those moments because we got to talk about his sperm count or whatever hey what if i hypothetical let me throw this at you you're rachel mcadams ryan you're jason bateman let's put this story in real life this is your brother ryan that's playing the part of kyle chandler are you and lauren doing the same thing um first of all (laughs) if this is my brother and my brother gets picked up and dragged to a biker bar and we find his phone in the trash. My, my red flag immediately goes up. This is no longer a game. Something's happening Two, I know my wife is going to look at me and say, we're not fucking going in there. Uh, the the last thing that we're doing is walking into this biker bar and, and seeing what your brother is up to. I don't care if we lose this game, we're going home. Yeah. And I don't need a Harvey wall banger that bad. (laughs) I think we're good. Yeah, Rachel Adams is. Uh, She's not got me. balls that's, of steel. I love that about her. Can, that's, I, can that's I ask this too? I, I don't mean to, to you know, put a, a bullet in the in one of the subplots of this movie. But at, what, at no point you check your coat pocket <laughs> to find out that you've already got the Corvette. You, you don't. You're not. You're not putting your hands in your coat pockets. It's kind of a cold night, right? It's you know you're you're wearing a jacket. We're clearly at a point where like you're walking around outside. Wearing a jacket, you at no point you put your hands in your pockets. I put my hands in my jacket pocket, even just because I want to make sure my keys are still there. I do it a hundred times. What are these strange keys? I've got the Corvette. My brother's in trouble. (laughs) Too bad, man. You shouldn't have gotten gotten in trouble. Sucks to suck. Call me if you need me. Oh wait, your phone's in the trash. That's going to be a problem. I'm calling. I see your Stingray keys in the pocket, and I raise you. How did they not notice that the bullet had left his arm? It's right here. Yeah. Yeah. How did he right. not notice that? How did he not notice that? That's that. And it's, it's frustrating to me because the scene where she's trying to take the bullet out of his arm is, I think one of my favorite scenes. It's in funny. Movie. Yep. It's funny. Just phenomenal. Uh, every, everything about, Everything that Rachel McAdams is doing in that movie is is top tier to me. Her like like <laughs> talking about okay, well, I gotta just not listen to the racist part because this video that I'm watching about how to take the bullet out of your arm is run by like crazy right wing weirdos. <laughs> she's like, she's like, okay, what do I do if I can't find the bullet? And she scrolls on the on her phone with her nose. It just everything about that scene. I love her so much. I love that scene so much. But honest to God, the logic, the logic of this movie is not sound. You know what? I'm okay with that. I've decided I'm fine with that. Yeah, you're good. You got to suspend a little disbelief. Yeah. The logic of this movie is not sound. But Does if, this inspire means, you to do murder mystery, uh, mur- murder mystery games, Lauren? Rather, rather die. Are you kidding My me? My wife loves murder mystery games. She loves it when there's a murder mystery game. Uh, we we played one one time and it was takes hours to play. You almost want to kill just, yourself and make yourself the victim. 
it doesn't feel and then everybody has to like be in character Ugh, i don't know i've left my theater kid days behind me let me tell you what so i've just like would rather die than be in character it's sort of oh, like, like an event with my friends. I feel so. I feel my dumb. wife feel like loves that stuff. Woman show loves it. I loves love that stuff loves too. doing. Loves escape rooms. She loves all of those things. Well, oh, escape rooms are, are great. Escape rooms are different. I'm not putting on a performance in an escape room. That's a puzzle. Murder mysteries are embar- embarrassing. I can't. I. Oh, it just makes me cringe. I can't do it. <laughs> we agree that we love Rachel McAdams in this movie. This is really a good vehicle for her. I think we like, you know, I, I've, you know, we've seen McAdams in a lot of things. Um, I, I actually think I want to see more comedy from Rachel McAdams. I do feel like coming out of this movie, going like, you know, she could become, you know, what I like, like a Kristen Wiig, maybe a little better in this movie for more of the comedy or something like that. Maybe I would have, you know, maybe. Um, or, you know, a Tina Fey or somebody like that would have maybe been really, really good here. But I think Rachel McAdams is great in this movie and I could stand to see her in more stuff. I think that Rachel, first of all, um, Rachel McAdams is probably one of the best actresses working right now. Um, and I feel like people don't notice because she's so good about, not sticking to one character type or not sticking to one um, genre. She very much does whatever she wants to do. I mean, she's believable at that bitch from your high school as that bitch from your high school. She is believable in this film as like a hyper competitive wife. And she's believable as I'm confident. Neither of you have seen this movie, but this year she was in, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And she Mm. played Margaret's mother. Her performance in that movie is unparalleled. Just, I, I've never seen somebody be so honest on screen. She is a phenomenal actress. And I, I push back on the idea that like a Tina Fey or, or a Kristen Wiig would be better in this role. Because I think what Rachel McAdams brings to it is this level of reality that I think a lot of comedic actors don't always have when they're playing in, in these kinds of comedies. Um, because like, like she's just excited. She's just excited. She's just trying to like make her husband feel better and, you know, play this game. And, you know, if we play this game, then he'll feel better about himself. And like, that's, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to be supportive. And I just don't think, I think that Kristen Wiig or Tina Fey in a movie like this could be very uh, caricature. That's very, but that's true. There's an authenticity to Rachel McAdams. I I would agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. And not to say that, that either one of those actresses can't do realism. They very much can just not in this setting. I don't think. No, when you tell them they can be funny, it's like, they have to be funny. Like that. They don't know any other way. That's the gear. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I just think Rachel, she's just like batting a thousand. She, her, her comedic timing is. I just don't know anybody else who does it like her. It's hard to compare her to anyone else. I don't know. I, I think I think she's absolutely fantastic. All of my favorite moments in this movie, besides how can that be profitable for Frito-Lay, are, are hers. They're all hers. They're all her line readings. They're all her moments. There's just an energy she brings to it that uh, feels real and doesn't feel fake and feels genuine. 
uh, she's so fucking funny. We could use more of her. I completely agree. Absolutely. I will the never say no to more Rachel McAdams. Yes. I, I put me in the camp that says, uh, as a general rule, we will accept more Rachel McAdams here at this podcast. In fact, if we can get Rachel McAdams and Laura Dern in a movie together. Uh, <laughs> and we can AI I Carrie Fisher back too for you. I mean, that'll be just, uh, boy, you could just <laughs> be, uh, circling back. Circling back. Circling, it'll all come back around here at some point. Uh, Ryan, let me ask you, though, this about, see, one guy that I think is so hot and cold, because there's times I really like him, and I think I like him not as a leading man. I like him, and I'd speak of Jason Bateman, I like him better when he's a dude in the movie, like, or he's a contributor, like a supporting guy, where he could play either a dick or your best friend or something like that. Like he's an up in the air for like 25 minutes, but I like him in that part. Like he's really good there because I get him in this small dose. And when I do, you know, he throws it a hundred and we're good to go when he needs to carry a movie. I don't know if I like it nearly as much. And to me, like he's sort of a one gear guy, right? And I think if you're going to lead a movie, especially a movie that you want to have as multiple layered, you need a guy who can do different things. And Here's- I don't think he can. Here's what I think here, because I I initially thought, and you and I talked about this a little bit, and Lauren and I talked about it, and I think she convinced me. I initially thought that maybe someone like you know Jason Sudeikis might be good for this role because he has kind of a charm that doesn't come across as as arrogance. However, comma moving from that point, uh, because I can see my wife wants to talk about it, but we're we're not talking about that. We're moving on to the real point here. Uh, is uh, <laughs> is I, I think that what he does well, um, talking about Bateman in this movie, uh, what he does well is he's the straight man that things happen to. Mm. And and the comedy happens kind of around him while he's taking himself incredibly seriously. Yes. And I think that that is a lost art form that, that I think we should bring back and that he's a great candidate to be the lead in that kind of movie. Cause think about the ridiculousness that happens kind of in his, you know, in his radius throughout this movie, right? Yeah. His, his fertility doctor is talking about getting with his brother after clearly identifying that he has issues with that, that could be a source of his issue. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> There's a line in there at the very end where of that scene where he goes, so we're all done talking about my sperm. And he just kind of wistfully looks out the window while Rachel McAdams and this doctor continue a conversation. Right. Yeah. That, that people are climbing through his window and his response isn't get out and come back in the right way. It's what are you doing? Did you read my text? He's, t- he's taking this too seriously. Yeah. Right. And this is the competitive guy who, you know, he's in a very uh, weird situation he bleeds all over his neighbor's dog who is a cop and the cop asks no questions about why he's bleeding. And you know, there's, there's a whole load of these things that like in any other comedy, you're like, somebody needs to be asking some questions here, but it works because he's just, of course this would happen to him because he's the saddest person in this movie, right? He's the lightning rod. He's the straight man. This is the person it should be happening to. So it makes sense, right? If, if you know, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the characters' names. Uh, is it Lamar Moore? Is that is it the the, the, the Lamar Morris? That was it. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember his name. It if that if he got shot, I think it feels ridiculous, right? Yeah. If Billy Magnuson gets shot, it feels ridiculous. But Jason Bateman gets shot, 
and it makes sense, right? It's I, I because he's the straight man. Things happen to him. That's comedy. I can get down with that. Yeah, I think that's that, that's fair. I, I haven't really thought about it that way, and it does like uh, change the perspective a little bit. Lauren, go ahead. Finish. You you got a thought? I think no. I I think that's all correct because we were talking about i'm going to talk about it okay just i'm going to talk about it um we were talking about it being jason sudeikis and ryan was pitching it and i'm and i'm like i think that you have ted lasso on the brain that's Um, possible like maybe we want ted lasso to play this part but i think that jason sudeikis is not ted lasso in other situations i think that there's an element of this character that is a bit of a douche but only a douche in the sense that like he's an annoying sad sack and Jason Sudeikis is a douche in Jason Sudeikis is Kyle Chandler. He's not Jason Bateman. I could have taken like Kyle Chandler. I would have been good. Yes. Like that would have been a good recast, but that's, that's his role in typically in a, in a comedy. Like we're the Millers, Jason Sudeikis. Yes. We'll, We'll come, we'll come back to this, but I have a better recast for, uh, uh, for the brother here. If, uh, when we, when we'll we we'll, we'll do a recast. We'll, we'll get I've, to that. I've, I've, got a, I've got a better name. We'll come back to it. But well, he did the charades nose bump too. Did you see him do that? We're doing the game night stuff here. This is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Charades. Yes. Uh, First symbols. Word. Yeah. Fingers. Yeah. It's I don't know. What that <laughs> 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 really wish this was a visual medium. I need right to record now. this piece next time. Get it on the pod next time. <laughs> But yeah, I I just wanted you to steal second, by the way. That was the sign. He said, Lauren, (laughs) lay down a bunt, steal second. There you go. Go ahead. I Yeah, no, I just think that like Jason Jason Bateman is kind of perfect for this part because uh, nobody plays a straight man like like he does. That's his that's been his whole career. That's why he's successful. And uh, the movie needed a straight man, especially because of Rachel McAdams energy that she was bringing to it. Or that anyone would have brought to it. That that's what that role required was like unencumbered enthusiasm for the weirdest shit you've se- ever seen. And so you need somebody who's really calm next to that. And that's just not that's not Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, and you couldn't put in somebody like Ed Helms because like after the Hangover, I don't want to see Ed Helms in anything. Um, oh, I've decided yeah. I'm I don't if I never see Ed Helms again, I'm good. Uh, you know, <laughs> you talk about guys who've worn out their welcomes, like that would be one of them. So Jason Bateman would be much fine. If you told me those are my choices, like Anderson, mm-hmm. you're going to have Jason Bateman or Ed Helms. I'd be like, all right, well, fine. Very good. I'll take Jason Bateman then. Thank you. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I, would, I was Ed Helms out until you said that just now. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't spend any right. time thinking about Ed Helms, but you're right. Like if you never saw him again, you're good, right? Yeah. 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 You know what did it for me was season nine of The Office. Really? Because yeah, I got to the Hangover two. 2. Hangover 2. I can't believe you watched Hangover 2. I forced to. Awful. I went with the, the mentor. The, he said, oh, we saw Hangover 1 together. We loved it. Got to go see Hangover 2. And we both walked out going, well, that kind of sucked. The, that was I not think good. The, the problem is, is you had a dude movie in the first one that was legendary among dudes. And the second one was like, well, we got to run it back. We can't yeah, end up here. It was a heater. run it back, but let's we, just put it back in. Let's we, put it in an Asian country. We can't We can't end on a heater, so we got to go until we suck. And, uh, and they it failed actually in the makes me try. hate the first one. It actually makes me hate the first yeah, one. Yeah, the first one doesn't hold up. 
because like of how bad in, the second yeah, and third that's are. how bad it's never had that happen before. But like the second one is so bad that I now hate the it, first one. It is. It, it holds the record among among sequels as the worst sequel because it's the only sequel to ever ruin the original. Yeah, it. I hate it. It makes it makes everything bad. And you know what? It also did. It also told me at that moment too. Hey, by the way, Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis, we're good. Hands Never up. have to see either of you two again. We're good. Thanks. Thanks for playing. Ken uh, Ken Jong, we're good. Thanks anyway. Uh, Dr. Ken, have a great day. We'll hope we never see you again. Uh, the only guy who, al- who stayed alive was Bradley Cooper. The only guy who that's got a stay of execution. That's because Bradley Cooper had a hard pivot. Yeah. Hard pivot away from those He movies. walked out of there going, also, you know what I can't ever do? That. I can never do that again. Let's just name the, the the elephant in the room here. It's because Bradley Cooper is the hottest of that group. You know what? That's that's, by, that's not fair, but a, it's true, but it's not fair. It's, by a country uh, mile. Well, yeah, he's the best the looking of that group, but yeah. that doesn't excuse it. No, that doesn't work. Well, and I, I And I look, and I hate to say this because I am not hearing good things about Maestro and it looks so self-indulgent and pretentious. But Bradley Cooper is kind of insanely talented. And I didn't let Chris Hemsworth off the hook for a long time after that Avengers Infinity War. I mean, he's garbage. He's terrible. What? Yes. In Infinity War? Are you kidding? Is that where he comes in fat? Like, he comes in the fat, which was that in... Oh, Endgame. That's Endgame. And I, I... I have thoughts about that. I actually Pass. really love that storyline. I'm over. Yeah, I was over it. I was like, you know what? I could use less Chris Hemsworth in my life. Could use oh, a lot less. A lot you're less. Just, no, you're just yeah. wrong. I'm sorry. You're just wrong about that. I could wait, do so wait, maybe he'll make that Hulk Hogan movie he's supposed to be working on, but maybe we'll see that and he'll he can come back to life here. But uh, I haven't seen. I him. need him to stop making Marvel movies because he is so good. I did like him in, uh, what was that, Rush, the racing movie where he played uh, James yep. Hunt. And he was really good in that. I'll give him that. I never- I never saw that, but he's so good in Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm. Highly recommend. I love Can we put movie. Chris Hemsworth in this movie and it becomes good? I mean... I, you could put any... If, this, I, I think, think Chris Kurt, Hemsworth if, should have played the Billy Magnuson character. Can we put Chris Hemsworth in that spot and that would have okay. been just fine? Okay, straight up. I mean, that would have been fine, but straight up, I really love Billy Magnuson in this movie. He's good, I, yes. I'm shocked. I went to his IMDb because I thought to myself, man, I haven't seen him in a while. And he was kind of a star on the rise. He has just been in shitter after shitter after shitter. I, yeah. I will say just on the, before we move off the Chris Hemsworth thing, his best role by a mile for me is Cabin in the Woods. He's oh, good he's in so Cabin in the Woods. But the movie That's just it movie. just falls apart in the last 15, 20 minutes. It's it's oh, I get what, what are no, you they talking can't about? Land the plane. It's a great movie. They don't land the plane. They can't land the plane. <sighs> totally disagree. Totally disagree. They can't okay, land this is a different the plane. This is All a different right, plane. We, we need to stay on topic. We need to stay on topic. All right. Sorry. 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 Hey, let's do uh, real quickly our favorite scenes. Oh, okay. I, I've already already listed a couple of them. They're all line readings. Just line readings. Yeah, the I've got the, Yep, the Frito-Lay is a great one. The Frito-Lay is a great one. Um, Are we then um, talking about my semen? Yeah. <laughs> that one. Uh, what do the racists say if you can't find the bullet? An elite line <laughs> reading by Rachel McAdams. Um, to <laughs> turn on the belt uh, is a good one. The, the turn on the belt yep, scene. A little charade there. Uh, well, I don't want you to have the gun calamity, Jane. These are just all (laughs) incredible. And then just to add to this, not a line reading, but Billy Magnuson slowly sliding over $17 to bribe somebody. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, And then the 
arguably the better part of that scene is when his his not date looks at him and says, you brought $17 out and then looks at Chelsea Peretti with a look that says, do you see what I'm fucking dealing with here? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Also, okay, so we're talking about how this movie is shot. An A plus like cutaway moment of he has already slid over $16. And then you just slowly, the camera doesn't move. It's just, it's just hand on the table and out of frame. You just see $1 slowly slide into frame. Just a fantastic scene. That's very, very good. I, um, I loved, well, first of all, it was necessary call because they talked about how, you know, rich people are doing fight clubs now. I think that's what I've read. I've read the report. That that's what they do now. Underground. You got to stop club. reading Buzzfeed all day. Man. Yeah. You got to stop doing it. And they show up at the guy's house and sure enough, there's a fight club going on and, and these rich people are cheering it on. And I love how, just how he gets into it. But clearly the, the egg chase scene is my favorite one. Just a really cool one. scene and everybody gets involved. That's the best part about it. Um, it's a, it's a really well put together scene. Um, you know, that big Hulkin dude who just got into a fight is chasing everybody around and it's just, it's, it's very, very funny to me. Uh, and it's classic, like it feels like a classic slapstick type ode, but done in this really cool new way. And I really like that. Um, I, I think anything with Gary is, is funny. And Gary is a very funny <laughs> character. <laughs> he legit makes me laugh because his facial, ex- he's just like, yeah, who doesn't love uh, camaraderie and being together and uh, <laughs> games of chance and skill? Games of chance and skill. <laughs> I Jesse Plemons, uh, man, dude, I I could. He is the creepiest fucking dude alive, and I'm sure that in how real is life, he married to Kirsten Dunst? I'm sure. I'm sure in real life he's like a very pleasant man because he is married to Kirsten Dunst. How, but. My God, he is creepy as hell. He's just fantastic in this. I love every second he's on screen. I was trying to figure out who wins the movie between him and Rachel McAdams. Because like, I Damn. feel like it's between those two. And I don't even know if I've made up my mind yet. But I just know that he is just dynamite in, in every scene he's in. And I really liked... Um, uh, there, there's some, I mean, Rachel McAdams just has some just terrific, like little moments. It's not in the big stuff. I love what at first, like when he walks in to the game night and he's, he does all the flaunting of stuff and the scene and he turns around, and he goes, he turns, it's like, you're right. He, he's a total asshole. Like I, you know, he, he basically like she, the way she supports him in that moment is like a really cool thing. Like she doesn't dismiss it. She turns around. Yeah, you're right. He's a total douche. You know, it just, it's, it's a great, it's a great bit of wife support in a moment that was needed. It was just a really a uh, great well, character spot. Well, what I love about moments like that is like, it it literally just comes from a place of wanting to support your partner. Like there's something that she does where it's like, I can tell you don't really <laughs> feel or care to feel that way about this person, but it doesn't matter. That's not what you're doing right now. You're just trying to provide your unflinching support. And she, so she's just like, can you believe this? Like, God, I love the way she says that. I just think it is so. I actually think arguably, too, more couples do that than do the other way. They always make couples seem like, oh, you're you're being silly or you're just being whatever. Yes. No, most couples when they do this, their caddy is bleep. You know, the cat they're gonna look at yeah. each other. Are you fucking kidding me with what this guy's doing right now? Did you see what that guy's wearing? It's unbelievable. You know, Lauren, Lauren will tell you that I do that over nothing. That if I'm <laughs> if I don't like somebody, everything that they do annoys me. Oh. 
And there's there's even sometimes where I'm like I'm like dial it back. Like I know we both don't like this person, but you you go eat a Snickers bar or something. Dial it back. <laughs> and and it really it really is like that. Like I will if I'm in a bad mood, I will find somebody that I don't like and hate them just while I'm upset. That it, it, it becomes an active hatred just thinking about somebody I dislike when I'm hungry. So and, like, and support. And, like that's the thing. Right. Like that's the real honest. That was the honesty of that. Like Rachel, yeah. Mc, the old movies, like they would have been like, Oh, you're making it up, your brother, and you get along. It's like we don't get that here. Like it is just instantaneous. They are a united front. Like they are I together have, all fronts. I have uh very rarely uh I, not even rarely, I've never met or had a conversation with anyone other than our friend Stephanie that works with Lauren's friend, Lauren at work. I got to tell you, I hate all those people. I, everyone that, that she works with that she tells me about, I hate Same. those people. Totally Same. united front. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Same. Don't know them. Never talk to them. Never I will. complain about it's them. So never will. You could argue behind the scenes about it. Like you could sit there at home and like, go, hey, dude, like, you know. You, you don't talk about the coworker because you know, wife. I get it. I'm like, man, your coworkers suck ass, and she's like, no, no, they don't suck ass. But then we go out in public, and she's like, you're right, they they suck ass. It's just something about like, you know, we can fight back here about this, but when we go out here, united front, we are it's, on the same page every yeah. time. Front and back, it's united at our house. It, it really is. Like Lauren, yeah. Lauren complains to me about somebody, and just the I just hear her yelling in the other room, and I said, was it Chris? <laughs> Hopefully Chris doesn't oh, listen to the podcast. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I, I tried to think of one and I went on the fly and I just pulled the trigger. That's my bad. That's uh, great. Chris, I hope you love no, the pod. No, I want no, you to know no, we're just no. kidding. Just kidding, Chris. It's not you. The two of you, to be fair. you are coming to embarrass uh, the shit out of me on this Laura, podcast. To be, fair, to be fair, everyone at your work feels the same way. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop talking. What happened to United Front? Hang on a minute. What happened? We were just, we were proving our See, point on the United Front. Out the window when you start naming names. <laughs> you could have said a fake name and I would have known yeah. who you were talking about. We're going to call right. this guy Briss. Uh, that, that's who we're going to call. <laughs> I hate both of you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. No, you're not. It's a podcast. Uh, 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 P, saying their last uh, name. Here, uh, <laughs> Griffin. Peter Griffin. Peter, Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> um, any other favorite scenes? Uh, the the best Rachel McAdams line for my money is at the very end of the movie when the guy points the gun at her and sh- and she says, please don't. I have kids at home. And he goes, not with that ass, you don't. And she goes, thank you. <laughs> Just, and the guy gets into a jet. <laughs> the way she says thank you. Oh, my God impeccable line reading but also the better one is when the guy gets sucked into the jet and she goes yes oh no he died (laughs) (laughs) that's good stuff that's good stuff um all right up to the next one who wins this movie Uh, i think it, it really is a top two and then everybody else yeah i agree it's just Rachel McAdams and Jesse Plemons. Like every every second that the two of them, either one of them are on screen is 
is like a top tier moment in the movie. I cannot, I, I can't pick one. Wow. Wow. We've never had that. I never had you say you couldn't pick one. All right. Rhino, try to help. I us love, out. I love every line reading that Rachel McAdams gives in this movie. I think that she's phenomenal. She's hilarious. The dancing around with the gun at the bar might be one of the the top five funniest scenes I've seen in the last 10 years from a, from a new comedy. I, I think it's super, super funny. With that said, I got to go with Jesse Plemons. The, mm. the, uh, uh, the, the thing that does it for me, right. Cause it's, it's pretty equal throughout. Cause he has, every time he's on screen, he's hitting a home run. The very last shot of the movie after it pans over all of his plans yeah. is just, is just him picking up a recipe card that he talked about from the, in the, at the beginning of the movie, that the only thing he kept in his marriage was the, was the recipe cards of the yeah. marriage memorabilia. <laughs> that is so good. It's, it's, if you haven't seen the movie Pearl and the way that that movie ends with Pearl, just holding a stare through the credits and like crying. And it's, it's, it's horrifying, but this is that in a comedic sense where it's, he just gives a little smirk at the end of the movie. This guy's a total sociopath just manages <laughs> to get into the, into the game night again. Oh, it's so good. Well, I love his drawing too. In the last scene where he's like, it's just like, it's, it's green mile. As in that's me when I was in the movie theater <laughs> crying every minute of the It's me at Regal Cinemas. <laughs> I thought everybody I thought everybody thought everybody cried mile. watching the Green Mile. Come on now. He, even better in that scene, just a one off line in that scene at the very end is when Rachel McAdams is drawing the bun in the oven. He goes, Is this a motion picture? Is this a motion picture? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well fast establishing that it's a bun. Is this a motion picture? Oh uh I'm going to, so I'm going to give my nod to Rachel McAdams because we don't celebrate really strong female performances enough on this pod. We try to, but sometimes the movies don't let us. Um, I do. I know Lauren does at all times. <laughs> like she's still trying to figure out how Finn Carter didn't get nominated for Tremors. Like, uh, or was that her name? I'm trying to remember if that was her name. Finn. I think oh, it's Finn something. I don't know. The chick I don't from remember Tremors. anything about Tremors. That Ryan, well, well, other than Ryan says it's the worst movie you ever saw. Like, uh, <laughs> Which is dumb. That, you're, you're that's got to be a lie. You're dumb. It's top five. No, you're that's dumb. You're dumb. It's a good movie. I hate that movie. L- Lauren liked it. I liked it. Great. What the hell? And the you burbs. Like- you hated the burbs too. Hated the burbs. Carrie Fisher's in the burbs. Great. I gave you a She's- Carrie Fisher movie and you still hated it. She's awesome. I hated the burbs. Lauren, you liked the burbs, didn't you? I have problems with the burbs. It's perfectly enjoyable. But I have problems with the burbs. Yeah, they couldn't I'm land not. the plane. It's the same thing with uh, with uh, they couldn't land the plane. Same problem with uh, Cabin in the Woods. Couldn't land the Disagree. plane. Disagree. Cabin in the Woods is, is that on our list? Because I'm putting it on. It's there. not on the list. No, you can't. The list. Well, we just settled it. It's you it's, just it's, you just changed one. I, I it's the whatever I, I, want. I do the podcast. I I can change a list if I want. It's etched. It's etched. I say. I'll do whatever I want. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm gonna go Rachel McAdams. So that means you have to break this tie. Uh, we have Jesse Plemons, Rachel McAdams. I need a vote from you, Lauren. You can't say both. You got to give us one. We, they can't tie. I mean, what are the rules of this podcast? Well, somebody's got to win. We generally don't have any set rules. Yeah, but we can't. We can't. When we say who well, wins the movie. Should we? Can we go to the recips? Can we? Do we yeah, have head-to-head? Like, like the thing. If you want to get rid of speech scoring, somebody still has to get a one around here. You're acting like one of them wishy-washy judges who show up to these the judges' lounge and goes... 
they were all just so good. It's like, lady, there's no way. Give they somebody were all the good. one. Give somebody we were the two. The, yeah, we were at the we're at the Fridley Invitational in March. There ain't no way all of them are good in that pros round. Come on now. Oh, they were just if you so good. if you had to give somebody a one one hundred and somebody a one ninety nine or a two ninety nine, who's it going to be? Just, who's it? Yeah, come on now. Um, I. I think this is about to be such a predictable answer in that it's it's Rachel McAdams. All, uh, Chess, Jesse Plemons is just not in the movie enough for me to give him a one 100. Rachel McAdams is holds strong throughout the entire movie and is just a phenomenal, I guess not a foil, but, you know, a, a phenomenal person for Jason Bateman to work off of constantly. Yep. I don't think... Uh, Jason Bateman's a great straight man, but I don't think that dynamic works without Rachel McAdams. That's that's how I feel. All right. Lastly, would this movie be better with Carrie Fisher, uh, John Cena, or <laughs> I thought we were trying oh, Rihanna? And uh, I'm trying to think of all the people we came up with in our last list that said that hey, you could sub one out. I know John, uh, Ryan's is Carrie Fisher. Mine, I think I'm going to go Rihanna. Where are you, Lauren? Who do you have to sub? Chris Hemsworth, was it? Who was it that you said? I, I'm, I have to pick somebody? Yeah, you got to sub it out with somebody. I'm sure. It's like a secret, I, like a crush. You got to hold it off with like a crush. Because we all know that that's... Stan. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was Sebastian Stan. That's who it is. That's so let me ask it again. Would this movie be better with Sebastian Stan, Carrie Fisher, and Rihanna? <sighs> or Rihanna? I think Sebastian Stan could be the Bulgarian, believably. Better than Dexter, Michael C. Hall. I think Michael C. Hall is amazing. And I think they obviously picked him for that particular part because he is so famous for playing Dexter. And it's like a five minute part. But I think it would be great if Sebastian Stan came in and played the Bulgarian at the end. I think he would be fantastic. Of of the, like the main cast, I don't think he would be a good You don't think he could be the brother? No, no. For one, I think he's younger than Jason Bateman. That's probably true. Yeah, he probably is younger. I can't do it. Good point. Although, although as a younger brother, you could rewrite the movie a little bit to 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 make that work. I don't think it'd be that different if the younger brother was over overshadowing the older brother. I think it could still work. But Ryan, that's well, your you point. Get, you get the advantage of reincarnating any era of Carrie Fisher to play any part in this movie. No, I <laughs> I already know who I'd cast her as. Oh, who's that? She is uh, Chelsea Peretti. Uh, I was just going to say that. The, the turnaround with the bullet wound to the head. Uh, Carrie Fisher would knock that out of the park and it would I mean, make the movie 10 times better. I love Henry, Chelsea Peretti. I want, Rih- very- I want Rihanna as the girlfriend, as the uh, the girlfriend for Lamorne um, uh, Murray. Or whatever, I forget Morris. his name. I'm sorry. Morris. Morris. Lamorne Morris. Lamorne Morris. Lamorne Morris. Lamorne Morris, one more time for everybody. Lamorne Morris. <laughs> I want Rihanna to play uh, his girlfriend because, and and then actually maybe she, well, Rihanna can sleep with whoever she wants. It doesn't matter to me. I Except, think Rihanna's like, not not to say that that actress is not gorgeous. She's fine, but Rihanna is off the chart. Maybe too good looking for him. I, You're right. That, that's what I'm saying. I think Rihanna is a little too like, ethereal of a being for us to be like oh she didn't really sleep with denzel washington it's like no she probably did in a world where where rihanna is is married to lamorne morris she definitely slept with the real denzel washington i would agree 
I, I think that's 100% facts. I can't argue. <laughs> maybe that's why Rihanna can't be in this movie. So, okay, we've agreed. Carrie Fisher and Sebastian Stan, maybe. But Carrie Fisher, for sure, can get cast in this movie. Oh, yeah. Rihanna's going to have to Allah. wait. Very a la Carrie Fisher in Scream. Although John three. Cena in the Fight Club scene would be a funny ad if we could have gotten some more John Cena. Maybe oh, John Cena, John Cena would be great in the Fight Club scene. I don't think he would be horrible as Kyle Chandler, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I could buy that. I could buy John Cena as Gary in a different world. Like like in a multiverse oh, totally. where, Plemons, where Jesse Plemons doesn't exist and you have John Cena. That would be hysterical. Him holding a little I, dog. Oh my, I could get behind that, I think. I think I could totally see that. He, I think he's pretty good at playing straight faced. Well, he get and he's used to getting booed out of the building. Like you know, half half of a crowd hates him every time he shows up to a wrestling event. I think he's so funny. I, I refuse to be alone in that thinking. <laughs> I, I, you're not alone. I told you, I love the Marine. The Marine's one of my. Oh it's my a God. top twenty five movie. You haven't seen? Have you seen the Marine? No, man. No, I have not seen the WWE produced The Marine. No. You know, they did sequels with Randy Orton. You know that, right? I mean, you could be watching The Marine 2 with Randy Orton right now. Randy Orton slithering in. Yeah, he probably does put somebody away in that movie with an RKO. (laughs) No, I'm thinking like John John Cena in uh, Trainwreck. That was the first time I saw him in something like a real movie. And holy shit, is he funny in that movie? Is that the holy one where, that, is there like a superhero movie where he's like in a, I'm trying to think if there's like a TikTok thing that goes on where he's naming all these names like he, or where is it he insults some, I'm trying to think of what he says where like he's, it, he goes off for like a minute straight, like calling a guy a name or something like that. And it's just the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life, but I can't remember what it's from. I can't it, remember. I don't, I guess I, think I don't it's know. it's something recent. He was in Peacemaker, if that's what you're thinking of, but I can't Maybe. think of what scene that is. I got to figure out. Maybe I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll have it for the next podcast. It'll be great. It'll, it'll be, it'll be a delightful time here at the, uh, here at Peak Cinema. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we head out today? Ooh. I don't think so. We covered some so. ground. Another hour and twenty oh. some odd minute pod. It's my fourth pod what? in four days in three days. I'm I have, a little aghast here. I have one fun fact because this movie has no trivia online. Um, For a movie and, about right, trivia, it's a little surprising that there's no trivia. Oh, it's a it's a bit of a bummer when there's no trivia. My one fun fact is that uh, Kyle Chandler's house that he rents is the same house that Michael Keaton's vulture lives in in Spider-Man Homecoming, which is they must have got for a deal or something because the directors of this movie wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Which is also why there are like rapid fire, a ton of Marvel jokes in like the first 45 minutes. Oh, that's enough. Oh, sorry. I just thought of another scene. <laughs> there, there, um, He's trying to get uh, them to say Ed Norton. Yes, the Ed Norton. That's that is funny. He says, he says the Incredible Hulk, and uh, uh, they're like Eric Bana. No, the other one, Mark Ruffalo. No, not him. Lou Ferrigno. Holy shit! Primal Fear. Richard Gere wasn't the Hulk. Just that is just an incredible series. Oh my god, this movie is funny, and I think 
I, I don't think it's moments. like, yeah, I don't think it's like the best comedy I've ever seen. I don't think it, it's in my Mount Rushmore by any means, but it is solid. It is yes. solid. And I enjoy my, my time every single time I watch it. It is, I did find it. It is from the Peacemaker. He names like 80 people. It, I, what is it? I'm trying to think of what the context is. He names like, I don't know if it's in a, if it's in an extra rant of the movie, but it is sort of like this. It is, it does make me laugh here. So. Ultron, Pinky Winky, Mariska Hargitay, Mario, Super Mario, fucking Luigi, Yoshi, <laughs> the Princess, Bert, Ernie, Rover, Snuffleupagus, Burger King, Grimace, Ronald McDonald, the two old guys from the balcony and the Muppets, Fran Tarkenton, Joe Montana, Joe Montana, Eddie Murphy, Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, BTS, Eugene Levy, John Lovitz, shut the fuck up and listen, man. I'm giving you a list of people you could have done. Danny DeVito, Andy Kaufman, Jim Morrison, any one of the fucking Beatles, Pete Best, George Carlin, Dad, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson, Ice-T, Ice-Cube, Vanilla Ice, Elvis fucking Presley, Priscilla Presley, Seth Meyers, what about Seth Meyers, or for that matter, Jay Leno, Conan's not really doing much right now, Something about that one. I don't know why it kills me like it does. It just kills me when he names those names. Oh, my God. I got to rewatch Peacemaker. He's so funny. I love him. Oh, my God. Uh, So next movie is yours, Lauren, on Peak Cinema. Where are we going? Tell us. Um, Give us a little. Give us a little moose boosh of what we're going to get within two weeks with you. Well, we are both going to space and beneath the ground where the cartoons live. Because that makes a lot of sense. I'm talking about Space Jam. Space Jam. Space Jam. Get into the Space Jam. With a Academy Award winning performance from Michael Jordan. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's going to be great. Uh, I, I'm looking, I have not seen Space Jam in a long time. Probably not since it came out. Magnificent. Uh, Even better. I can't wait. We get to hear about the Monstars again. I'm going to go listen to Hit Em High by LL Cool J, Busta Rhymes, and uh, <laughs> and Coolio, and uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I cannot wait. Method Man. Oh, it's going to be the best. I, I cannot wait for the Monstars jam. Uh, that's going to be good. Uh, that's two weeks from now. Space Jam. Oh, it's going to be good. Rhino, are you pumped up for Space Jam? I love this movie. Can't wait. <laughs> it's it's a it's a film and and I'll watch it and it'll be great. It's an experience, right? We have to watch yeah. it for what now it's a very different thing than what we've been talking about, right? We ha- it's all about lenses, right? Everything is through the lens of what we're trying to accomplish here. So we're not going to hold it up to it's not the Godfather we're doing here in 2 <laughs> weeks. Uh, let's just be clear about no, that. No, this is this is very much, you know, if the Godfather is a steak uh very, you know, hyped steak, but a steak nonetheless. Uh, this is Burger King. We're, we're <laughs> getting to some Burger King cinema here. Uh, and that's fine because there's a time and a place for Burger King. And it's when the kids are crying and they just need the comfort meal. Uh, you go to some Burger King. Or when Ryan's just in the mood for a flame grilled uh, burger. Like how many, does the ad work for you, Rhino, when you're sitting at home and all of a sudden you go, whopper, 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 do it. Um, do you do no, that? Because it comes on at the worst times. Uh, I'll be watching a football game and, you know, some guy breaks his leg and they cut away with the sad music to commercial. <laughs> and the next thing you hear is whopper, 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 whopper. You know, 
I don't want to think about that dude busting his leg uh, on, yeah, on national television. Just right sitting there, just Ryan's expressionless with his burger. Guys, <laughs> you know, getting carried off on the field. <laughs> My God, what have I done? The uh, God, you fat bastard. <laughs> arguably, the uh, the worst one I ever saw was, uh, you know, CNN had some kind of horrible event ongoing on. You know, in in one part of the screen, and then they they run that in screen advertisement on the right, and it's uh, they start playing Chicken Fried by Zach Brown Band for their uh, for their chicken wings. Just like the story was like fifteen kids dead in a mall shooting, and and they cut over to Chicken Fried. Come on down to Applebee's for our new six ninety nine chicken tenders. Now we're fancy like Applebee's on a date night. That's Fifteen right. dead hit uh, shooting in Michigan. Um, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II and- is dead. <laughs> Elizabeth II. Little bit of chicken fried. <laughs> Cold beer on a Friday night. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> is there oh, anything more american than that <laughs> i think we just hit it right there um that was uh, <laughs> I, I will tease something for next week is uh if we're gonna get into facts next week or the, the next time we do this in two weeks not next week uh i will be talking about how this movie has an integral role in why i was terrified of storms growing up oh that could be the time is that gonna be the tom kane fact of the week no it's a it's a Ryan Dude. Nelson Kane fact of the week. That's it's a fact about me. It's, it's not, it no We're gonna find out living. the Tom Kane fact of the week is that he used to laugh at Ryan over his fear of storms and the Ryan Nelson fact of the week. That could be something funny. That's the Rick Nelson fact of the week laughing at Ryan <laughs> He doesn't listen to this podcast. Neither does Chris, hopefully. Uh let's uh, let's hope that the uh, yeah, Chris, you're going to want to the 45-minute mark. The 45-minute uh, mark, you're just going to want to go ahead and shut that off and maybe go listen to Allison's pod and go listen to uh, Ty last night where we did the pick of Palooza. Have a good time with that. Hey, we want to thank everybody for listening again. Um, 2023 has been an awesome year. I don't know if we're going to do another pod before the new year rings in. I don't know if we are. Um, but December, this has been a great month. Uh, we're going out on a high note here uh, for the 2023 year. This is year uh, four of this podcast coming to uh, kind of a close here. We're getting ready to move into the next year, 2024. Um, more peak cinema on the horizon, uh, more football on the horizon. Um, lots of good stuff coming up. Uh, we, I want to thank uh, Lauren. First of all, I want to thank Lauren and Ryan, uh, Zach, Ty, Dr. Derek Rickert. want to thank Allison, uh, all the folks who have come on the pod over the course of this year uh, and have made the podcast what it is. I want to thank our listeners who continue to chime in from all parts of the country and all parts of the world. Uh, again, I, only, I don't know people in Colorado. Well, I do, but very few. Not enough to constitute the listenership we get out there. I don't know anybody in New York. We get really good listenership in New York, Florida, South Dakota, Colorado, Wyoming, Pennsylvania. We got great listenership across the country. And for that, I really grateful and appreciative. So thank you for that. Uh, you can find me, TimPodcast1 at Yahoo.com. Send a email. If you want to do listener mailbag here at Creek Cinema, Lauren and Ryan would be happy to answer any questions you have on the listener mailbag. Um, you can find us also Facebook.com slash TimPodcast. Uh, you can go through the archive at TimPodcast.podbean.com and listen to every episode of Peak Cinema. All you got to do is search Peak Cinema and you will find all of the movies we have done. And we have done a lot of them. One of these days I'll dig through and give you the exact number uh, soon. 
So Space Jam comes up in two weeks. I cannot wait to do that. So until next time, Happy New Year, Ryan. Lauren, appreciate you as always. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Awesome. And uh, until next time as well, for Lauren Ryan, this is Tim saying keep your head up. Happy New Year. And we'll see you.